Welcome to the Economic Development Matters Podcast. I'm Brianna Morris, and together with my co-host Sherry Baslama, we talk about matters related to economic development and why it matters. Sherry and I work together at Edmonton Global, where we focus on attracting investment into the Edmonton region and helping our local companies expand internationally. On this podcast, we discuss how we can compete globally and build a sustainable and prosperous economy to enhance the lives of the people in our communities. Today, we're doing something a little bit different on our podcast. Uh, We were recently invited by UDI, uh, the Urban Development Institute of Edmonton Metro, and the Edmonton Metropolitan Region Board to attend a really exciting event that they had to launch their State of Growth Report. It was pretty fun. I we had so we had them on our podcast just a couple episodes ago, I believe, and uh, um, we realized how uh, aligned they are with Edmonton Global's efforts in terms of being competitive as a region, so we can continue to grow and attract new investment. Um, so this report it has um, it highlights each municipality, um, but it also really gives the overall regional perspective. So it really was um, kind of a perfect event for us and a perfect report for us to be talking about. Yeah, it was really an honor to be invited. And I have to say, like, the report itself was really impressive and really did highlight, um, as you said, some of those areas where we're really competitive, some of those areas where, you know, we're, we're doing great as a region, both individual municipalities, but together. Um, and at the same time, I think it highlighted those areas that we should be thinking about as we build into the future, right? So what are we looking at if we're looking at you know, expecting another million people in the next 10 years or or what have you. Absolutely. And there were some uh, cool stats in there. And I, I encourage listeners to go check out the report. Um, but I, one of them I'll just point out was the average sold price uh, of a house in the Edmonton metro region was 390000 in March 2023 compared to Calgary with uh, $535,700. So, um, yeah, it was definitely a difference there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And certainly uh, makes us competitive in terms of attracting people who are looking for a good quality of life. Um, so at the event, the uh, UDI actually hosted a panel um, to talk about the report. And that panel was, it was moderated by Karen Wilchuk, who is the CEO of the Edmonton Metropolitan Region Board. And then they had a couple of really, really great panelists, I would say. It was so interesting to hear their perspectives. So we had Mayor Gail Catcher, who's the mayor of the city of Fort Saskatchewan. Uh, Corey Wozniak, um, he's the principal and managing director of Avis and Young. And then Diane Gray, uh, she's the president of Prairies Can. And then last on the panel was Paul Lanny, who's the president and CEO at Averton Group of Companies. So a really great panel, lots of different perspectives. It was really interesting to hear from them. Yeah. So um, so thankfully, yeah, we they let us record the panel. So we'll share we'll share a few uh, snippets with you. Um, one of the first topics the panel covered was how we're doing in terms of overall growth. Um, there were some talks about migration. Uh, so we had more than 33,000 migrants moving here from other part of the country, from other parts of the country last year. Uh, and so let's hear what Corey had to say about that. If we were able to work closely with this group and um, help set them up for success, if, if, if we help them get their success and find fulfillment, this group could be some of our greatest advocates. And in, a, in almost a mentorship capacity, if we can work with this group and help them find that success and sell the Edmonton region back to their communities, they can actually sell the region better than we can. So this really is true. And quality of life plays a huge role, I think, in our competitiveness, in our attractiveness. 
Um, that's also something that when we spoke to Councillor McKillick, who actually attended the event, we were able to catch up with some of the attendees actually and get some of their thoughts. So Councillor Mike Killick had some things to say um, about that as well. There's a there's two big things that have to work together it, to attract people to either work here, like if you want top educated talent uh, to to work here, or you want to attract new businesses to relocate here, uh, and this is anywhere in the region, and you want those people to live in in the region, you, you can develop houses, you can develop commercial land, but when the people come, they have to have the supporting amenities and that's that starts with schools and moves all the way up to indoor and outdoor recreation facilities green space um, because that's why they stay they'll, they'll come for the jobs they'll they'll buy a house but they'll stay because of the great communities that we've built in the region yeah, absolutely. So he was the councillor uh, in, in in our shareholder municipality of St. Albert. And I, I do have some friends that, that live there too. And um, um, they definitely love the amenities. And I've heard the same in Strathcona County, where I'm from, and, and Edmonton. Um, I think he's so right. You know, you, you come for a job, but then if you don't feel connected to the community and, and your family's not having a great quality of life, then they might start to look elsewhere. Um, so we really want to make sure people um, love their life once they get here. Definitely. And I think Mike um, also highlighted the green space, which I think is a huge selling factor for our region. I know the River Valley, which kind of extends across, you know, across the whole region. And there's lots of our municipalities have amazing parks and green spaces that people can get out and enjoy. That's a huge draw as well and really does, you know... um, it, it, yeah, it's just something we they love to highlight. I have mad respect for all the people I know that will like run up and down the stairs in the River Valley yeah. as part of their daily fitness routine. I don't think that will ever be me, yeah. <laughs> but I respect it. Yeah, it's great. So the other topic that I thought was really interesting that was um, came through from the panel pretty early on was this conversation about regionalism um, and how that's helping to fuel some of the growth here. So Mayor Catcher um, was part of the panel and she's played a big role in Alberta's Industrial Heartland, which was a partnership formed by five municipalities. Um, and that partnership has been ongoing for 25 years now. So longer than Edmonton Global has been around, regionalism has definitely been something that has... Um, that has been important here. Um, so I think the mayor did a really great job of explaining how this, why this type of collaboration is so important. So maybe we'll just hear from her. You know, 25 years ago, um, several people got together and said they had a vision for the future um, of the Heartland region, which involved five municipalities or five, uh, three counties and, and uh, two urbans. And it was about having a vision for the future because they were saying it's, it's time to stop going out in silos and go out collectively and have somebody that is actually going to go and speak and talk about the Heartland region. Well, you talk about success, this is success because there was a lot of envious uh, municipalities that said, can we join the Heartland? And we went, yeah, thank you, but no. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, we really want to focus, be laser focused on the petrochemical and industrial sector. But years later, after um, the Capital Region Board was formed in Edmonton uh, Metropolitan, Edmonton Global was incubated 
And it follows the same kind of principles that the Alberta's Industrial Heartland does. So it's got the 15 stakeholders that are part of that. Uh, we have a different board model, but it's about going out and speaking for the region. And I think that that's probably the most important thing. If you're thinking about sending somebody off to Korea or Japan on your own, you're not gonna have the credibility that you do as the Alberta's Industrial Heartland or Edmonton Global. So these are really key components about when we're selling our region. And we also spoke to uh, Karen Tang, a city councillor with the city of Edmonton. So she also talked uh, about regional collaboration. So let's hear what she had to say. Well, I think the state of growth is, uh, is a pretty exciting um, initiative and it's a pretty exciting report. Uh, I was really interested to learn what's going on in the other municipalities. Um, and I think one of the key takeaway there is like, we can't really do this on our own. You know, the city of Edmonton doesn't, doesn't just stand as, you know, the city itself. And we have so much connections and collaboration happening in the region. Um, and I think, you know, the whole point of, you know, Edmonton Metropolitan Regional Board is that we're only stronger when we're working together, uh, whether it's on regulation or policy change change or land use. Um, and then, you know, today we talk a lot about housing and attracting of talents. Uh, and City of Edmonton, you know, we recognize we don't just play that role on our own. We really have to work across the region. So that was one of my big takeaway. And I think that that regional collaboration is a success story that we need to be louder about. One of the speakers talked about how we don't shout our success, we only whisper it. And I think this is actually a very unique model that you're not you're not seeing this anywhere else in the province. Um, and I think that's a success story that we should be much louder about. Yeah, I think Karen's right that this is something that we should be bragging about, this um, spirit of collaboration that exists here. I know that we've heard it from, you know, when we've engaged with site selectors, how attractive that is from an investment perspective to know that, you know, to see that kind of cooperation and partnership that's happening, that that really um, does make us more attractive um, to investors. Um, but it also helps with land use planning. Let's hear what Paul Lanny had to say about that. I think the, uh, the biggest advantage, um, the most compelling uh, attribute of the board, of the Metro Region Board, is really the, when it comes to land use and creating targets and some mandates within the region. It's really given the region uh, a leg up over other parts of the country because of the collaboration that's happening. And so while there's certainly angst over these minimum densities and things like that, um, the fact that we started that conversation as early as we did and have been able to demonstrate success uh, in lots of, uh, lots of areas around the region uh, really is a testament to that collaboration. I think we're getting there and we're, we're, we're seeing the results. So there were a lot of uh, land developers, real estate developers, and, and builders in the room um, at the event. Uh, and we also got a chance to talk with Katrina Rowe, uh, president of Kintyr Communities. Uh, and she also had positive things to say about the region. So let's hear what she had to say. Edmonton and the surrounding communities are incredibly innovative and try to make business easy. Our approval timelines are faster than in other municipalities. Our zoning bylaws generally allow for more products and more innovation. And if we have a new product that can't be built within the region, somebody is always willing to talk about it and find a way to make it happen. I think we're able to provide more choice and more affordable choice than you can in other areas of Canada, and we're able to do it way faster. We also had the opportunity to speak to Dhruv Gupta, who is the president of Akash Group of Companies. And we asked him about um, our region's attractiveness to investors. This is what he had to say. 
One thing that I would say, though, is uh, within the report, there's a lot of talk about our regional competitiveness uh, across the country um, in terms of our speed of approvals, uh, whether it be development permits or building permits. And, you know, uh, there's a stat that uh, we're one of the best regions in the country. Um, that's that's great. We, and we need to continue to, to do that because uh, places that uh, add time is uh, not something that we like as developers. And uh, uh, as a developer, you can handle market uncertainty. That's our job. Regulatory uncertainty is something we don't like. So continuing to provide uh, fixed timelines on approvals is um, paramount. One of the things I found interesting uh, was discussion about dense housing uh, and as part of you know the solution, but also in terms of people's preferences. There was a lot of talk about being able to support uh, I think the the term was mixed, like mixed housing. Um, and so developers are eager to offer all sorts of housing as a solution. And this is what uh, Kendra Raymond, uh, she's the director of planning and development for Beaumont. So she talks about how they're working to accommodate a growing population and and offer solutions. We put together a hybrid land use bylaw in 2019 that's really flexible. It's um got three different zones but allows for a lot of innovation and opportunity for people to develop a diverse type of housing all across uh, the housing spectrum without needing to go through rezoning or other things like that that would increase that uncertainty so it provides speed to market for people that are looking for that but we provide anything from you get I think as narrow as 16 feet through to your traditional kind of uh, single detached dwelling that everybody's kind of used to more in the suburbs. So we do a wide variety, zero lot line, uh, all housing, um, I guess, typologies and the whole housing spectrum would be represented in Beaumont and is allowed by right. So we also allow four dwelling units per parcel, which is something I think not a lot of other municipalities are allowing for, but something that we found uh, was needed within the community. So that's also allowing for people who either want to supplement their mortgage, uh, be able to, you know, with the interest rates rising and stress tests and that sort of thing. So it allows for people to have that income generation in their basement or allow for an elderly parent to come and live with them, maybe not in their house, but in a different suite in their backyard. So if you can fit the four dwelling units and meet the lot coverage requirements, you can have the principal dwelling, uh, an additional dwelling unit in the basement, one above the garage, and then even one in your yard. So quite a few. So this was really interesting to me because I often think about um, more dense housing is more of a big city issue. I didn't realize how much work was actually being done in some of our smaller municipalities around it, not just to, you know, um, help with land use planning, but also just to offer those different solutions, right, in terms of intergenerational housing or different ways that people want to subsidize their income. I, I I just thought it was really eye-opening to hear how much of that work is actually happening outside of Edmonton as well. Absolutely. So another thing that the panel talked about was the Alberta is Calling campaign. So um, we've talked a little bit about it on this podcast already before, but it's a marketing campaign that the government of Alberta led, targeting uh, Canadians, especially in Toronto and Vancouver, um, to consider moving to Edmonton where uh, the cost of living is is more affordable uh, and there's some high-quality jobs. So um, let's hear what Karen from the EMRB uh, said about this. We have to think about who's coming and we have to think about where they're going to live. So, you know, one of the things that Kaylin said, we know Alberta's calling and there's a collective push to attract more residents here um, from not only outside of Canada, but from across the country. We've all seen the campaigns in the airports uh, in different provinces. 
our province's housing affordability advantage is really central to that pitch. We know that this advantage is precarious as increases to housing costs can price many out of the market. We want to understand how the region is meeting the needs of people who live here today with a mix of housing and, and options and choice while also planning for future, for future residents. So just a quick stat that you'll find in your books is out of 2022, the population um, of the Edmonton Census metropolitan area was 1.5 million people plus, up 2.5% from the previous year. Total net migration in the Edmonton metropolitan region amounted to 36,650 newcomers, up from just over 6,690 in 2021. This is an impressive year-over-year surge. So this really is impressive growth, and certainly growth like this can cause house prices to surge. And I think we need to be paying attention to this, Um, this growth it's obviously accelerating and there's a risk there in terms of what's going to happen with house prices. Um, When we chatted with Mike Saunders, he talked about this as well. The affordability side, I think, although it's, it's a major, it's topical right now to, to ensure that where we can, we continue our competitive advantage, but um, from a land ownership, from a, from a, buying a house if you know if you're coming from different provinces uh, we, we've seen really strong migration numbers to to Alberta and uh, the affordability piece is one that's that's important but it's it's one that we have to be extremely mindful of going forward because um, you know I, I think a lot of people don't appreciate that small changes on on a price of a house can affect uh, it has a cascading effect on whether or not you're buying a home so Mike, uh, I believe he's the senior vice president at Qualico Properties, um, and yeah, affordability is definitely the goal. Uh, and during the panel, I think it was Paul who did a really good job of explaining why we need to be louder and less modest about like the opportunities and the advantages we do have here in the region. Let's hear what he had to say. I think we need to come out on a more bold basis and talk about our advantages. Um, it often feels like we're trying to change stereotypes uh, with our messaging. We're trying to show people, well, Edmonton actually is this and that. You didn't think that before, but I think it comes down to numbers. When we think about why people are making moves, uh, it's for opportunity. And if we can show them the numbers and show the potential for opportunity, we are the only major metro in the country that with a straight face can talk about there being opportunity because there's no opportunity in Toronto or Vancouver. Uh, Ottawa, Montreal is eroding. Calgary is eroding, for that matter. We're seeing what's happening down there. Edmonton continues to be the place that has uh, the potential to offer opportunity to newcomers, both old and new Canadians. So I think that we have to get that message more clearly said, uh, be able to articulate the advantage that we can offer uh, in in the way of opportunity. It's really interesting, and it's important to note that those opportunities go beyond just affordability in terms of house prices. There's a lot of job creation that's happening in the Edmonton region as well right now. Uh, We're seeing a lot of really large projects being explored or announced and some of them are coming online and, you know, there's thousands and thousands of jobs that are being created. Um, Let's hear what Diane Gray had to say about the opportunities here. I think everyone in the room knows the obvious, which is the proximity to the oil and gas industry. And I, I know there's, I'll call it maybe headwinds that people think that there's going to be less opportunity there going forward. But I actually think based on the research and 
and even the conversations with those working in that industry that the opportunities are increasing. So there is still a global demand for oil and gas products. There, there's no sign of that changing, although it's slowing. Um, and the forecasts are slowing, but still growth. So that's number one. So there's still opportunities in that sector. Number two is you have the whole decarbonization and the move to net zero. And some of the forecasted investments in the, you know, whether it's pathways in the $24 billion or Dow's petro, you know, Dow's project um, that's in the mayor's riding. Um, you know, all of those are, are massive contributions to the economy. And the former CEO of Synovus um, just said that just in the decarbonization piece alone, he's anticipating that's going to create, you know, 350,000 new jobs and billions of dollars in investment. And that's not in the traditional. But there's the other thing that is that occurs, and it's primarily in the Edmonton metro region, is all of the manufacturing and all the manufacturing knowledge, talent, um, and expertise that's here that supplies those sectors, but then has the potential to also serve other growing sectors. And whether that's critical minerals and mining development, um, battery manufacturing for the green or uh, electric vehicles, um, whether it's, you know, spinoffs of, you know, I was at a defense and aerospace conference a few weeks ago, and there was a company from Edmonton that manufactured cables for the oil and gas industry, but that were getting into the defense sector. Um, so there, there's a real cluster here. There's a massive, massive growth in life sciences. So the Canadian Critical Drug Initiative that's happening at the University of Alberta uh, we just invested $80 million, but it's all part of that pharmaceutical cluster and the spin-offs of life sciences. So a lot of tech talent here, and it's a growing sector. I think it's increased almost 300% over the last few years. Um, and obviously, you know, you're, you're in an area of agribusiness. So food production is real and live, and food is another product that the world needs. So I think there's, there's an endless number of opportunities. It's the ability to capitalize on it. And I just want to pick up on something Paul said, which is about the promotion piece. And I feel like, and I, I live just outside of Winnipeg, but in many ways there's some comparative, some comparative impressions that people have of our two cities. And, and we get a little, maybe we're a little shy, we're a little defensive about it. But we actually need to be way more shameless. I'm going to put a plug for being shameless because, I mean, this is a fabulous region and it has so many strengths. Yet, you know, people, when they think of Alberta, sometimes think of Calgary first, but they shouldn't. There's a lot of opportunity here. Yeah, I loved hearing Diane Gray's perspective on the region because, you know, she's not an Edmontonian herself. She's, um, I believe her background is from Manitoba, from Winnipeg. So to kind of have that more... Or not necessarily more, but you have, you know, kind of that objective um, kind of take. So it was really encouraging to hear that from her. One of the things she also touched on was our, our strength as a, a logistics, like a transportation logistics hub, which was interesting because I, I know she was the CEO of Centerport um, in Manitoba. So let's hear what she had to say about that. Well, I'm actually maybe going to take uh, the, the federal hat off for a minute and just and talk about it from um, my former role um, as the CEO of Centerport Canada. I mean, really, that was an economic, a mega economic development project precisely designed for, to support investment attraction. And, you know, the, the way we kind of looked at it, and, and there's a lot of these elements that are in, in the great report that has been prepared and you all have a copy of, 
Um, but we kind of thought of it through the lens of the five L's. So location. Um, and um, so location first, I mean, you're, you're well positioned relative to the Northern Gateway um, and, um, and, and, and also a significant uh, petrochemical industry. You're a growing community. Um, so location is number one, obviously. Um, labor, we talked a lot about labor. Um, you know, companies make investment decisions, and they tell me this all the time, based on accessibility of skilled labor. And in fact, that often jumps to one of the more important uh, elements of site selection decision-making. Logistics, um, this is at a logistics town. Your airport is growing. A lot of work is being done around it as a logistics hub, the connectivity to rail, um, proximity to ocean ports, uh, perhaps not quite as successfully through pipelines as it is by rail right now, a bit of a sensitive topic, I know. Um, love, and I, I will say if, if nothing else, this report is an ode to love. And by love, we used to mean um, the, the work with the local community and the relationship and the collaboration. And, and both you and uh, previous mayor and this mayor have talked a lot about collaboration and business wants to feel the love when they come to the community. And I think this is a bit of what Corey was getting at. He talked about the aesthetics, but it's not just aesthetics. It's also kind of how you roll out that red carpet when an opportunity or investment presents itself. Uh, so, so love and then obviously local costs, because at the end of the day, um, a company wants to know that they can get their shovels in the ground quickly uh, they can do it affordably, and they can get vertical fast because it's about certainty. And I know all of you in this room know that. You live it every single day. Um, but those are the kind of things and lenses that we look at. So, so what does that mean for Edmonton? Well, you've got a report which um, tells you you're pretty good at this stuff. You're pretty good at helping companies get vertical. And I, I don't know that, you know, and, and there's obviously infrastructure pressures, and there's costs and other things, but, it, but at the end of the day, you've got a great story to tell. And I, I think that's why I mean be a little less, or a little more shameless, shall we say, in telling that great story. So again, Diane, I think, echoed those sentiments around how we have to be louder about what's happening here and the opportunities. Um, we heard that from Corey Wozniak as well. In Calgary, success shouts. In Edmonton, it whispers. We need to be more proud of our successes. We need to advocate for each other. We need to promote each other, lift each other up. There's great stories to be told. We can do way better there. Here, here. And I think that's a common theme from our, uh, uh, our podcast as well, is just how <laughs> humble we are, which is in some ways a virtue. But no, we do need to be more bold in Edmonton about really what we have here. I was blown away about, uh, by the amount of growth the panel talked about and what they're expecting. And, um, and when Karen highlighted this, well, I'll just... Here, I'll just let her say it. Paul, you said something to me when we were preparing for this panel, and I stole it, and I used it um, at um, a presentation that I gave in Spruce Grove last week, and it was a challenge. And I asked, I said to you, can you tell me, like, I mean, we are planning for the next million people and the next 470,000 jobs in this region in, in 25 years. And I asked you, are we ready? Are, are we ready? What does it take to be ready? And you said, and I've said this probably six times a day since you said this to me, uh, and I quote you, um, it's going to be faster 
than 25 years, and it's going to be more than a million people. And that has stuck with me. It really is incredible how much growth is being projected for Alberta. Um, and it's good to see that people are paying attention to this growth and planning for the future so that we're ready to, you know, welcome the next million people into our region. Yeah, I'm so excited. Uh, yeah, to see what the future holds. I uh, It was uh, a great event, lots to think about. It was encouraging. Um, but it also is just, uh, there were some good reminders of we have to protect what we have here and we have to uh, be more bold and, um, yeah, carry on. Absolutely. It was really inspiring to hear from the panelists. And it was such a privilege to be invited out both to attend the event and to capture some of the thoughts from the attendees. We're really grateful for the partnership that we we have with UDI and with EMRB. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the the attendees we, we, we spoke to, they had they had lots to share with us. So I regret we can't share, you know, all of it with <laughs> with uh, listeners. But yes, yeah, so a big thanks to them for um, for speaking with us. And uh, if listeners would like to check out the report, we'll make sure that's in the show notes as well. Absolutely. And make sure you check out the state of growth report. It's really worth a read and um, you'll learn a lot about the place where, you know, we call home. That's a wrap for today. Thank you for tuning in to the Economic Development Matters podcast brought to you by Edmonton Global. For more information about Edmonton Global or to get in touch, visit our website, edmontonglobal.ca. Follow us on social media, on Twitter, LinkedIn, or Facebook. And don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast platform so you'll be among the first to know when a new episode drops. Thanks for listening. We hope you learned something new about why economic development matters.